What's up, guys? This is the FYI Podcast. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mikey Keneally. We're your hosts. And this is where we talk about all things your life, faith, theology, finances, relationships, and... Uh, adulting. Adulting. Yeah, the biggest one. That is the hard one. So happy Friday, everybody. We release a new episode every single Friday to hopefully encourage you to end your week strong and begin your weekend even stronger. And today we're going to kick off with our Bible verse and then lean into this amazing question that came in from our friend Hunter. I love it. So, so fun. And if you would subscribe and leave us a review anywhere you're listening or watching this Mm -hmm. podcast. That'll help us reach more listeners with the message of FYI and the message of Jesus. In Proverbs 9, 9 and 10, it says for the verse of the day, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous Mm -hmm. and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So good. Break that down a little bit for us, babe. Oh, just that verse in and of itself, there's so much wisdom in there. I mean, just the words that they use there. And I think when you seek out questions and you seek out wisdoms, that wisdom, that means that you are humbling yourself as an individual to seek out counsel from those people maybe around you who've been there, who've experienced that portion of life, who maybe are a mentor or a friend or a pastor who are a few steps ahead of you. I mean, it could be anything from relationships to the housing market, to the investment side of things and really, yeah, career. How do I do FAFSA? I mean, it can be just simple things that every day things come easy for some and other times it's very challenging to learn how to, to adult. It's challenging to lean into ourselves and lean into the will of God and what he has. And it just, it says teacher righteous and they will add to their learning. I think a humble heart says, Hey, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to admit that I don't know everything. And just like Josiah and myself, we don't know everything. That's why we love your questions because it causes us to dig deeper in some of areas of our life, of our study, of our personal theology and doctrine and the word of God that challenges us, that sharpens us, that hopefully encourages you and maybe creates a little bit of tension in your soul of like, wow, this is really wrestling. This is really hard and challenging. Guess what? Life is hard and challenging and we're here for you. We're here for it. And so we just want to say thank you for even just tuning into this episode because we have a great question that came in from one of our friends. And even just pertaining to this Bible verse, I think it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And it, it, it like, it appears oh. to me that humility or in this case teachability yeah is one of the greatest abilities that we could have as christ followers in our faith for sure like we talk about it often being lifelong learners yeah and the value that we hold of that well i think the hard part is that so many of us we want to have all the answers like where are you gonna go to school do you want to get married do you want to you know land that career job in florida are you sticking around like all these questions we want the answers um just of everyday living not even just the faith side or the theology side or the deep soul questions like everyday answers are sometimes like i don't know yeah but we'll find out (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, one step at a time for all. One step at a time. Hey, kick it to Hunter's question. Okay, so Hunter, you brought this question to us and I absolutely love it. And here it is. How can we as Christians lovingly yet truthfully hold our brothers and sisters in Christ accountable when perhaps their words or actions are not aligning with the faith they are professing? Yep. 
that is like the goal. I think if you had like a golden ticket, I'd give it out to this question because this question is essential. Well, and I tell you what, I don't know about you or your community, but I want a hunter as a friend. I want somebody yeah. who asks that type of question, who is willing to both receive correction or accountability, be held accountable, but they're also the type of person who has your back in your faith, mm-hmm. doing life together. That's not meant to do in mm-hmm. isolation, but in community. I think it's our friend, Terry Parkman, who said something to the effect on the Young Adults Today podcast, that community that lacks accountability ultimately just leads to anarchy. Mm-hmm. Something to the idea of people just are going to do whatever they want right? without accountability. Well, if you don't have accountability and there aren't guardrails and there's not friendship developed, it's very hard to even respect somebody's opinion, what what we view as an opinion, yeah. Yeah. but it actually might come back to scripture. Like that is actually not good and godly because scripture says X, Y, and Z about this yeah. form of our living or our choices or whatever it may be. So I will say, Hunter, thank you for this question. This is a great question. And I think what you need to to first and foremost speak into any brother and sister's life. So you're talking, I'm a Christian and I'm hanging out with other so-called Christians and believers that are following Christ, supposedly, right? And claiming, professing faith in Jesus. How do we call them out lovingly? Like, how do we lovingly come up to them and say, hey, this form of sin that you're choosing to participate in is not good. It's not godly. So I just want to keep that in mind. If you are listening and maybe you're like, I don't know who this Jesus guy is. I don't believe I'm just, I'm just tuning in for the first time. Her question is Christian to Christian, yeah. brother to yeah, sister yeah, yeah. in Christ. Yeah. So I think what we need Hunter first and foremost is we need to have a relational equity with that person, those people, those individuals that we might need to talk to. We might need to ask deep, meaningful questions to break that down. Like what what would relational equity mean or look like? Well, I think first and foremost that they, they call you friend and you call them friend because there's nothing more distasteful than somebody coming up to an acquaintance like me coming up to Josiah is like, well, I I know of Josiah and he kind of knows of me. And I say, yo, I saw you last night at that party and you were doing X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, that's not good and godly. Okay. So that's like calling the kettle black, right? Like that's me calling out something in you. Yet I was at the party, you were participating in whatever activity and just like, that's not helpful to anybody, right? Yep. So that's that's more hurtful than helpful when it comes to the Christ follower. So what is helpful is saying like, hey, we've been out to coffee a couple of times. We go to the same Bible study. Maybe we're in the same church or the same group or you're dating one of my best friends or whatever that is and looks like. So there is relational equity. Good. And there is an investment of time and conversation spent for me to know enough about you, for you to know enough about me. And there's trust built, right? So there's a form of trust that's already been built and established of our friendship. So Mm -hmm. I'd say starting there is first and foremost, because if somebody comes across and starts calling things out, they're just going to turn around and walk the direction, right? So we really want to be mindful of like, do I have the relationship equity invested enough to say, Hey, can I ask you something? And I think when we come to people with that friendship piece, that relational equity, I would even encourage this. The second thing I would say is this form any concern you might have for their choices in a question versus an accusation. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I see that you're dating this person. How was that relationship going? 
you know, because if you know that they're not making good and godly decisions, there's no boundaries, there's no filters, they're staying out late, they're together all the time. It's saying like, hey, tell me about that person that you're dating. Like, how is that going? And you kind of start like prompting with questions because then you'll be able to maybe better understand because you might not have all the facts or you might not know some details that are essential versus assuming or putting our imagination Mm -hmm. at play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think you can just eliminate some of those concerns through questions and then you can get to the deeper questions behind the question, which are, is there good and godly living? Is it aligning with they're claiming to follow Christ. Does that align? So what would you say is next? Oh my gosh. I think the most important piece for me is the the greatest question that I would have on this topic mm-hmm. of accountability or, you know, holding somebody accountable is, is that correction that you're about to bring? Is the accountability invited? Yeah. Do they even care? Yeah. Because, right? because if they don't invite that teachability, that correction, that humility, that Proverbs 9 wisdom. Wisdom, in other words, would say that that it's welcome. Mm -hmm. And if what's beautiful is maybe you're such close friends that you have pre-established a a community standard, Mm -hmm. and it could be based on a biblical absolute or truth. It could be even based on some personal preferences, but it's it's really going to be a, a standard that we've agreed to hold ourselves to as a part of this church, mm-hmm. as a part of this small group, or as a part of this friend group. Like I would have a couple friends who we've had that conversation in, in so many words to say like, hey, if you ever see me living in a way that's incongruent with my faith, I invite you, you give them permission to, to call me out. Like yeah. I give you an all access, nothing's off limits mm-hmm. in this friendship. And so sometimes you call that friend, a friend, a best friend, an accountability partner. Right. But the bottom line is like, do you, have you invited that accountability or have they invited that correction? Mm-hmm. And here's a good way to find out hmm. Tell me. just by asking them, Hey, can I bring something that's on my heart to your attention? Oh, that's good. It's a, again, it's a question. So it's building on what you've said in point number one, but, and and it's within that relational equity, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think when you, when I say that as a question, it shows that I care. Like, could I bring something to your attention Mm -hmm. that's on my heart? Mm -hmm. It's it's knocking on the door. It's testing it's the, the relationship. Answer, right? It's testing the welcomeness of accountability. Right. And, but I think that that's so key. And what we see in Proverbs 9, 9 and 10 yep. is how to respond to correction. Right. Because it's <clears throat> one thing to ask this question of how can I hold my friends accountable? But what about holding up the mirror to say, right. am I will, how do I respond to correction? Mm-hmm. And here's what Proverbs 9 teaches. Yeah. Here's what Solomon's saying of how to respond to correction. Here's what he says. Say, thank you. Hmm, Wisdom would say, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Thank you for that correction. Thank you. But how, like, nobody says, nobody wants to say that, right? That's crazy. I mean, I don't. (laughs) That's crazy. Thank you for telling me there's this blind spot in my life. (laughs) But But thank you. (laughs) But if we want wisdom. Right. hundred percent. If wisdom would say, oh my gosh. I'm embarrassed a little Mm -hmm. bit 
that there was an incongruency between my creed and my deed. But thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. Wow. Uh, I'm a little caught off guard. I don't know what to say right now, but thank you that you love me as a friend enough that you would stick your neck out on the line for my benefit. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. And I think one thing, even before we take it to uh, one step deeper is I'm reminded of this and I just want to be mindful of the listener. If you are, maybe you're a, a, a baby Christian, meaning that you've been a Christ follower less than six months, less than a year, and you don't know the Bible, you're just getting plugged in. You're figuring out what this faith is. You're figuring out what this relationship with Jesus is. You're trying to figure out church and your friend groups. Like everything in your world around you is changing for the yeah. better. I yeah. Hopefully for the better when it yeah. comes to good and godly community. But there are things when we decide to follow Christ that we might be kind of asked indirectly in the spirit and in the word of God to kind of leave behind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's friendships, that's past relationships, that's sin patterns. Is that sin patterns, anything from thoughts to pornography to participating in things that you once did, where that's the party scene and, and that has to shift and change. And I'm saying this because I'm reminded of somebody that just played out like flat out did not know. Mm. So this gentleman um, was married, they got divorced, he became a Christian. He started dating somebody within the church and they ended up like they were intimate. So they started sleeping together mm -hmm. and somebody lovingly said, Hey, yo, like you are a follower of Jesus. Right. And he's like, yeah, I totally like God's changing my life. And they're like, yeah, but there's this one portion of your life that you started dating this girl one, not too far out of your divorce. And two, you've expressed that you guys have been intimate with each other. And that is actually against the word of God. And God says marriage it should be celebrated. Like sex should be within the context of marriage. And he's like, I didn't know. I did not know the word of God said that I had no idea. The Bible even said mm -hmm. that. And he, they, they stopped sleeping together. I believe they ended up breaking it, like breaking up and breaking it off. Like even this, the relationship, they weren't, they were just dating. They weren't mm -hmm. even talking about marriage yet. But I think as a baby Christian, there are some things that you did in your past life, meaning like pre-Jesus, BC, before Christ entered the scene of your life that you don't know is considered sin. And you don't know that you shouldn't be doing it. And you don't know that the word of God says you should be living pure and holy in all these different regards. So I just want to like say, if you are confronting somebody, be mindful of their story and where they come from, where they're at with Jesus. If they're only one week in and you're expecting them to behave as if they've known Jesus for the last 15 years, that's a that's kind of an unfair advantage. In those places, in those contexts, that's where you invite those little baby Christians into the group where there is deeper a deeper well of Christians that can really cultivate a safe place for them to grow, for them to develop, for them to discover like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, it's okay not to know, but when you do know, that's the ch that's the choice that you then in that moment have to make. What needs to change, right? That is called discipleship, right? Yes, there. and I think that it's it's very easy to make a decision to follow Christ. That's that's one moment, one decision. Mm -hmm. But the the challenging part is the daily discipleship. That's where you're going to discover. Oh, some of my friends have to change. Oh, some of my lifestyle mm -hmm. choices, the word of God is calling them into order. And I've got like, I, I, if I'm going to live a life that's surrendered to Christ, mm -hmm. that calls for obedience to God's word. Yep. And so I'm going to get close to Jesus 
and stay close to Jesus Mm -hmm. through that process of accountability and discipline and discipleship. And it is just that it's a process. Um, But I think that you, you have even broken it down in a way that, um, you know, in community Mm -hmm. Proverbs also talks about different camps of people. Oh, different camps. Yeah. That's essential. Yeah. Even when as Christians, we need to be mindful. There are through three different types of people. There's wise people and wise people. They're humble. They want to, they're lifelong learners. They want to experience the breakthrough. They want all that God has for them. And they want to do it correctly. According to the word of God, they want to honor God in their daily living. They want to live and leave a legacy. They're going to seek counsel outside of you know, they're just themselves. Like what we think might be wise is yeah. actually might be the most stupid thing that we could obviously yeah. do. Surround yourself with wise counsel. So camp one is what wise or wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Camp number two is um, there are evil people. There are people and there are non-Christians. And I don't, I don't want to say this. I hope there aren't Christians that just want to see other people fall. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I told you so. Like, I'll kick mm-hmm. you when you're down. A Christian should not kick somebody when they're down. The enemy will try to kick you when you're down. So there's those camp of wise, evil, and then there's just foolish. So foolish people would be like claiming Christ, knowing that they're sinning, yet still participate in it and Mm -hmm. don't have a heart that wants to change. I want to stay in that dead end relationship. I want to stay in the party scene. I don't want to go to church, but I'll do X, Y, and Z, like a get out of jail free card out of hell to get to heaven. No, that's a foolish person that tries to justify every action of their disobedience to God. Mm-hmm. So I think just being mindful of like, what camp are you in? I'll be honest. It was, I was in, a, I was choosing to be in a foolish camp. Why? Because the foolish camp looked a lot more fun than the wise camp, but it wasn't until God grasped my heart and I came to a crossroads, literally in a party scene in my life. I woke up one day and God is like, you know how you got here and it's your choice which direction you're going to go. Your sin equals death and that's going to separate you from me or you can choose to use your testimony and leverage my kingdom to use it as a testimony to draw people closer to my heart. And I remember that moment. It was a dead end. It was a fork in the road, come to the dead end, left or right. That's the only way. I couldn't go forward. I had to choose. And I think living in a foolish camp looks fun until it's not fun. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fun until you realize, like, if I were dead in the ditch somewhere, would anybody even know that I was gone? Because they're partying and I'm not here. Like, so it's really evaluating what camp are you sitting in? What camp have you come from, maybe? Because God wants you to sit in the wise camp. He wants you to sit in wise counsel. And a part of that wisdom is the word of God, is the Bible. It is relationship with Jesus Christ. It's community with others. And it's getting plugged into a church body that is Bible teaching, preaching, and providing opportunities for you as a young individual. And if those churches that you're a part of do not have anything specifically for young adults, ask if you can start your own group and start that process yourself. Because when you have community and church in Christ, naturally accountability is developed whether you ask for it or not. And here's what what I'll say about this. I have one more little story. I was in a relationship, Josiah knows all these details, but I was in a relationship for seven years. I didn't pray about it. I didn't think about it. I just hopped into it. And until I was in the seventh year, one of my best friends, Kelly, she comes up to me and she's like, Micah, these are the friends you want. I'll tell you this. She goes, Micah, you complain more about him than you talk good. Like you say all these negative things about him. Like you're finding out all about, he brings out the worst in you. And I remember sitting there and I look at her, I was like, 
instantly I was mad. I was, I did not say, Oh, thank you. That felt so good. I was like, Holy crap. You are right. You are right. And now I can look back on that moment and say, thank God for Kelly and thank God for community and thank God for Christ fearing and following women mm-hmm. in my personal life that were willing to call me out, call me up and say, Micah, if you choose this, you're going to settle and it's going to be hell on earth. Like that's not what you want. He brings out the worst in you. And you guys, he was not a bad person, but he was not my person. And I was being disobedient. So when you feel that friction of whatever mm-hmm. disobedience you're choosing to participate in, there's an agitation of your spirit that's never satisfied. Why? Because it's not of God. He's a God of order and peace. So I just thank God for my friend Kelly, who's like, <laughs> hello, can you not see the red flags? All the warning signs are there. The cliff is approaching. You have to get off this crazy mad ride of this relationship. (laughs) Oh man, I'm reminded of another proverb that says the prudent see danger and take refuge. (laughs) The, the, The wise person is gonna see danger and takes refuge. The foolish person keeps going and suffers much harm. And this is uh, talking about wise, evil, and foolish people. And what I see a lot of Mm -hmm. in the American church today is a lot of lip service to this idea of community, Mm -hmm. a lot of lip service, a lot Mm -hmm. of, um, hey, that sounds good. Or I'm a part of a small group that meets once a month and I go to church once a month. And so there's a lot of lip service to community, but then- when the rubber meets the road, my question is, is it a lifestyle or is it lip service? It's good. And God, through his son, Jesus, invites us into a lifestyle, mm-hmm. fully devoted to God, fully devoted to his word, fully devoted to Christ. And I think that um, the practical challenge would be to the next time you get together with your community, maybe it's your small group. Mm -hmm. The next time you get together with a group of friends for lunch, I would just ask them the question, Mm -hmm. Hey, what degree of accountability are we going to hold each other to? So good. I think the first, this is my opinion, but I I think the first layer or level to that is self-reporting. So if, when we're out of bounds, the person that if we know we're out of bounds, mm-hmm. raise your hand on the foul, say like, I, I've fallen I'm short and I'm going to own that one. Right. So I think that self-reporting is like mandatory for a community. Like if you're, yeah. if you stepped out of bounds, if you fouled, if you sinned, admit it, own it. And then I think the second mm-hmm. layer to just the deeper well of community is like, yeah. are we going to hold each other accountable uh, with purity, with how mm-hmm. we spend our time? Right. With how we spend our money, with how we mm-hmm. spend our entertainment, the type of shows or media or entertainment or pornography, like those types of things I think are really key. But I remember talking to one friend and he's like, man, does our community, like, are we the type of friends that like speak into each other's lives on bigger purchases like cars or homes mm-hmm. or education or, and and you really have to decide with mm-hmm. your small group, with your community, how accountable are we? Yeah. Are, are we kind of autonomous and we live our own lives and we give lip service to accountability and community? Right. Or are we the type of people that when 
when there's sin or when there's a big decision coming, we're going to invite the community to weigh in, to hold us accountable to Mm -hmm. God's word. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's really a pre-decision that works best. That's where I've seen it work best. Um, Accountability is when it's invited and when it's pre-invited and, and then we're, it's not a pastor holding us accountable. It's not a mentor holding us accountable. It's actually the mentors and the mentees, the ground is level at the foot right. of the cross. So we keep each other accountable. Well, I think also in that process, I would also take on that last part, Josiah, is just prayer. Like you are one that's going to be praying for your community that yep. you're going to hold each other's arms up. And I just want to say like, when you have that in place, it's not calling out the log in everybody else's eye and you have your own issues with yourself. And I'll say like when there is, there's different forms of accountability, accountability in everyday living, accountability in development and spiritual growth. And I'll say something we should not do in accountability. We always say what we should do. This is something I would advise not to do. Don't get together with say there's six girls and they're all dealing with pornography. Don't start holding six girls accountability with pornography. You're all wrestling with the same exact thing. Okay. We're going to check in with each other weekly and we're going to give the report. Okay. So everybody comes together and one girl's like, oh yeah, well, I, I slipped up. Yo, yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Okay. So what accountability is actually being held because you're all struggling with the same thing. Right. You need somebody who's experienced the freedom and the testimony and the breakthrough. And if it is pornography, mm-hmm. for example, like put up the safeguards, buy the 899 or 1099, 1299 software on all of your devices mm-hmm. to prevent you from doing that to prevent you and make it harder for you to even seek that out because it's pretty easy to see things we shouldn't see. So, I mean, don't find people that are wrestling with the exact same thing. If somebody has it overcome and don't say, Oh yeah, me too. And then just bow down to that sin again. No, call that sin out, call each other up and um, hold each other accountable. And when you ask, like we said, ask the questions, make sure you have the relational equity, be mindful of what camp you're choosing to participate in and what you're surrounding yourself with, because what you surround yourself with and who you surround yourself with is who you become. Mm-hmm. And in reality, when we're in the word of God, when we're praying and we're seeking God together, guess what happens? We become more like Christ. That is the ultimate goal to become more like Christ in everyday living, that we will be wise, that we will be relying on him, that we will be providing opportunities for others, that we will be speaking truth and not death. We will be speaking life and not death. And we will be living a good and godly life and lifestyle that our future selves are going to thank us for, even if we're walking through something ugly now. So fight for that community, not with that community, fight for that community because it is essential and the enemy will try to camp in in that vicinity. So you got to be manful of that too. So you got another idea over here. You got some verses the popped closing, up. <laughs> the closing thought we've been in Proverbs a lot, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the book of wisdom and and kind of James who happened to be the half brother of Jesus is some considered by some theologians or scholars yeah. in the Bible to be the new Testament Proverbs. This is what James says in James five sixteen, And this is how we want to close. Yeah. Therefore confess your sins to each Mm -hmm. other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Amen. And Hunter, as we close things up and for the broader FYI community of listeners, one of the disciplines that is really lost in, if you study spiritual disciplines, one of the spiritual disciplines that in 2023, I see really missing is confession. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And the other piece to that would be accountability within community, which right. is the source of your question, yeah. the origin of your question. And I think that James gives us both. He's mm-hmm. saying, confess your sins out loud to each other, pray for each other yeah. and you can be healed. And that is a promise of victory Amen. that we can overcome. And how do we do that? By confessing and by holding each other accountable. Which becomes part of the testimony, right? Exactly. And so love the question. We're grateful for you, FYI. You are listening to the FYI podcast. <laughs>